and zip lock that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper Hey, Now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper The absolute truth, yeah, no joke Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy, and I am joined today by Tron Carter, Mr. TC. It's been a minute. Great to be back chopping it up with you, sir. How are you? It has, Big. We got so much to cover. We've got a comprehensive agenda, all sorts of stuff. Uh, we've had all sorts of travels. I, you know, We had the NCAA tournament. You were on with, with Coach. You know what? Right off the top, I want to apologize for saying Seth Davis on the NLU pod when I was uh, pumping the trap draw prior to you recording with him. It was, that's, that was a, an egregious error. I can't stand Seth Davis. Seth, Coach Greenberg is, is a legend, though. <laughs> you know, the, the Sister Jean book is what Seth Davis uh, exactly. wrote, so I, I know that's top of mind for you. Um, well, yeah, we got, we got a lot to dive into. Before we do, let me thank one of our sponsors today. That is Roback, Roback Activewear. You all know Roback. These guys just understand quality. There's only one way to describe Roback, and that's best fit and best feel. They are fresh off a restock of their Azalea collection, and trust us when we say you aren't going to want to miss this. First, their performance polos just hit different. Their four-way stretch is next level, and the material is moisture-wicking to get you through a warm day on the course while staying wrinkle-free. The collar is nice and crisp, too, so it doesn't bacon either. Second, Roback's performance Q-zips are a game-changer. Nothing beats rocking a Roback Q-zip for a nice morning round of spring golf. Soft, stretchy, and comfortable. We honestly cannot take them off. And then third, Roback's performance hoodies are the stretchiest, softest hoodies in golf. If you want to be comfortable and relaxed on the course, wear a Roback hoodie. You guys know we can't take them off, and it's for a good reason. They're quite simply the best hoodies out there. And Roback has been gaining traction big time TC, so next time you see someone rocking the Roback dog logo, give them that subtle nod because you know they get it. And listeners, use code NLU on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's spelled R. 20? Yeah, 20. 2-0. R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. Roback.com. 20% off all polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and more with code NLU. Their Azalea collection is out, so make sure to check that one out, TC. Big, I'm wearing the Azalea collection right now on this very podcast. People will see it when we put up the, the uh, social clips. Second day in a row that I've worn this polo. It's one of the, probably the, my favorite polo in, in the entire closet right now. Came back from Australia, and this was waiting for me, and I was pumped. That is fantastic. They, they, they really are like so comfortable. The, the polos, the hoodies, everything I own from Roback is just, it is very, very comfortable. So they are uh, a brand we are happy to promote, happy to wear. Y'all should check them out. Randy, we got to thank, we got to thank Mr. Jeezy too. Cody's been all over us about it. We got a couple voicemails about it as well. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jeezy. Thank you, Mr. Jeezy. Thank you for all you do, have done, continue to do. Um, good call there, TC. And thanks to the Booth Bros as well. Thanks to Rory McElroy, KVV, Deej. They kind of held down the fort while we were out and about, held down the fort in our stead. So 
Yeah, it's cool to get you know it's cool cool to get Rory as a uh, as a trap draw alumnus now. You know that's that's a pretty sterling list that he joins. So good for him. I'm sure that's thrilling. Uh, you want to start with some mea culpas and I, I guess a little house cleaning here. Yeah, a lot of mea culpas. I guess before we get there, uh, I'm planning on a food episode at some point here in the near future. We've got some some cool perfect clubs in the works. I know you've, you're hopping on with with our man Sturm uh, to do an NBA playoffs preview. We'll eventually do something with Poosh and, and KVV on NFL front, probably post-draft. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say the amount of golf talk on last week's episode of The Booth not was good. completely unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, we've relayed our, our feelings on that matter to co- both Cody and Neil. Uh, they apologized. And then I think that leads us right into Neil's wrong seat kerfuffle uh, last week with the, <laughs> with the blind lady that came on. Oh, the, my God. <laughs> I felt like it was a Seinfeld episode or something. Neil yeah. should have waited for the guy after the flight and bought him a coffee or given him a, you know, a merch code or something like that. You know. I, I feel like the old merch czar would have done that. You know, yeah. I, I feel like I don't want to say Neil's getting getting fat and lazy, but I feel like the old merch czar was would have hustled hard. Yeah, Neil Neil texted us this weekend from uh, he was up at Liberty National. He said the, the caddies at Liberty National were were furious. I'm persona non grata there. Uh, he said TC, if you're gonna talk shit about this place, you better. You better show face. So at some point, I need to get out to uh, Liberty National. But you know, always good to see him mingling with the with the common folk out at at courses like that. Um, but yeah, I, I you know what I I sat down in the wrong seat uh, on a flight to Atlanta a couple weeks ago. I was in seat twenty two. I'm not used to being so far back. I was in seat twenty two, and uh, I sat in twenty one <laughs> by accident. Oh and my gosh. Flight attendant comes up, tries to resolve the situation, and I'm you know, I was aghast at myself. I was like, hand up. The guy was like, No, no, you're cool, man. Like, I'll take the one behind you. You're like, no, no, it's not cool, man. I I am really <laughs> upset at myself. So I told him I wasn't gonna recline on him. You that's, know, that's very nice of you. It was big of me. Yeah. Uh Randy, we've had a lot of Mormons in the voicemails. I love when the Mormons get involved. <laughs> Any and all Mormons, I don't care what they're burning on, bring it on. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, mostly resigned, sympathetic Mormons more so than angry Mormons. Um, you know, we've got a, uh, we actually had a, a Mormon-related voicemail in the things, uh, uh, voicemail 1249, if you want to play that or if we want to wait. I'm not sure if they're in order. <laughs> uh, yeah, you tell me. Let's let's go ahead. Let's see what let's the Mormons it. are yeah. up to. DC and Randy, uh, this is Shane from Salt Lake City. So happy you brought up the Mormon Investment Fund. Uh, I think that you guys need to do some looking into the Mormon church in general, not just who they are now, but I think Brigham Young and Joseph Smith were some pretty bad guys. I thought that was um, settled. Quick Maya Culpa in Salt Lake City. For UTC, it's not dessert shops, it's soda shops. Uh, the Mormons do love their sugar, but it, it's brands like Swig that are kind of taking over you know, that 20 to 30-year-old mom uh, age at the moment. Uh, and then just some other things you guys need to be looking into here in Salt Lake. They want to build the build the, the biggest gondola in the world up Little Cottonwood Canyon to... I've been tracking this. ...to combat traffic, but traffic's really not even that bad. I think this is just one of those shell companies that the Mormon Church uh, <laughs> is, is trying to create, and it's called Gondola Works. 
Um, that's going to cost them about half a billion dollars. So, yeah, that I think that's it from Salt Lake City. Hope to hear from you guys soon on the topics. So that was not a Mormon. That was a, you know, someone who lives in Salt Lake City who's, who's you know, like, in, and we'll probably have a mea culpa. I'm sure the Mormons will come after us even more <laughs> for that. I have a lot of Mormon friends. You know, they're, they're, I have nothing against the Mormons. But uh, I've been tracking that, that uh, gondola thing here because I think there's another one where they're trying to connect Little Cottonwood and Big Cottonwood as well. And like the canyons and Park City, they're trying to connect that to Snowbird and Alta and Brighton, all those. Well, how, how would that work? I mean, people would take the gondola. I guess you'd take it from like Cottonwood Heights or somewhere, you know, before you enter the canyon. It would just... And then what? They're running public transportation from there? I, I don't... Oh, they're, it just straight up takes you to the takes you to the ski resorts. So it would be like... It would be like if if uh, if you hopped on the gondola at Idaho Springs, okay, and Idaho, and it took you all the way up to, you know, a basin, you know, a basin, the one at the pass there, um, Loveland, Winter yeah. Park, and you know, say uh, say Keystone, you know, yeah. So there are just different stops on it, I guess. I guess, yeah. Okay, huh? Yeah, know. we are gonna have to look Crazy. into that. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, we had all sorts of people all over me about the SGA pronunciation. It's a tough one, TC. Is it is it Shy Gil, Gilgis Alexander? It's definitely Gilgis Alexander. That's that's how okay. I hear it everywhere. I think it's Shay is Shea, what I've heard. Shay Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. TC regrets the error. I apologize. Um, let's see. We got. Quite a few angry Xavier fans in the voicemails. Let but, them be angry. Fuck but none Xavier. of them were THG. THG refuses <laughs> to use the uh, the listener line. It's a disgrace. We're we're trying. We're we're doing everything we can to bait him into leaving us a voicemail, but he won't. Which, he hasn't done you know, it. Speaking of leaving us voicemails, if you want to leave us a voicemail, we got we're getting you know probably forty to fifty a week, or you know every ten days or so. Lay out some guidelines. We. If you want to get on air, be succinct, be unique, distinctive, and state your name and location, please. I've have had quite a few without a name and location, which is just unacceptable. And if you don't want to use your real name and your real location, just make something up. It's yeah. honestly, it's it's more fun that way. It's like the it's like the old O'Reilly factor. State your name and town if you wish to opine. <laughs> you used to say that at the end of every. I know you're a big of big course. O'Reilly factor guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Zachary, Zachary was all over uh, us for Cody made a nonstop direct mea culpa, and then we all made the same mistake dozens of times uh, on the airports pod, our four-hour epic airports pod. So I apologize on behalf of all of us for that. Uh, Randy, can you play epi- or uh, voicemail twelve thirty-eight? Uh, yes, me? of course, fellas. I hope this is a case of my being too quick on the trigger to make this call and just not having heard a resolution to this. But we've got some major, major differences in Randy and Neil's tellings of the warm beer incident. Mm. I, I need to know, Randy, what class were you in? <laughs> and I need to know, Randy, did you drink the beer? Because Neil's telling was a little bit different than yours. I look forward to any clarification that can be provided on this matter. Big, the floor is yours. Listen, great, great questions. Uh, you ask many, many good questions. Um, I'm trying to 
remember what the class is. So it was an international flight, and like the 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 cream of the crop is what we'll call it first class. But I know it's called something different. TC, what is it? Delta One. You run. Yeah. You run Delta, correct? Yeah, we were on a Delta flight. So, so Delta One. Neither of us were in Delta One. Uh, the next seat, I think, is like business something. The the next class. Premium Select. Premium Select. Neil was in the very last row of Premium Select, and then and I was. You were in, in Economy Comfort. I must have been in Economy Comfort because I was. Okay. A, a different class but in the first row so we were pretty close to each other i forget if it was like a three four three setup but there were like two aisles right we were both yeah. kind of middle section uh out on the aisle on the right hand side of of our little section so it felt like you know we were close enough to kind of talk and i could see what was going on and and all of that but not quite close enough to understand that the beer was warm and that's why he rejected it <laughs> and i want to say it wasn't like it, it wasn't room temperature i think that's what made it even worse was it was just they probably had stuck it in whatever cooling fridge mechanism for like 20 minutes so it was like just a little cool but you could tell fake, it wasn't fake cold yeah it wasn't actually cold um now with that being said i think i accepted the beer didn't want to make a stink about it had my my lukewarm tepid miller light on the flight um and that was that was just about it that's why like with core like the mountains would, would not have been blue and you could no. have rejected it on that premise if exactly it was exactly the mountains would definitely not have been blue okay so i hope that i hope that provides needed clarity and yeah i, I think it does i, 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 I just like to put the whole episode behind us uh, speaking of episodes I like to put behind us, can you play voicemail 1258? Tron. And I'm not even going to address Randy because this has to do with Tron and Tron Thank alone. Thank you. Leave me um, out of it. I haven't even had a chance to press play on this, uh, this week's episode of The Trap Draw with Seth Greenberg. And I've already got a mea culpa from Tron. I trust the other trap stoolies have, have already left messages about this um, and, and that you've already been well informed. But if I can take you back to Sunday's live show recap from the players, you teased a um, a trap draw March Madness preview with Seth Davis, um, which would have been a good get. When in fact Seth Greenberg is the guest, and let me just say, thank God it's Seth Greenberg instead of Seth Davis. I think Greenberg by far the better of the two Seths. Okay, but really an inexcusable error, um, false advertising. And I think on behalf of the college basketball fan portion of the Trap Stoolies everywhere, we would just prefer if you allow Randy to be the sole arbiter and discusser and mediator of all things college I don't, basketball on the Trap That's already happened. Forward. Thank you. This has been Ben Meisner from Syracuse, New York. I already, I don't, I don't talk anything about college basketball. I refuse to even watch it. I, I went to Australia for all of March Madness, so I didn't have to fucking watch it. I missed the entire World Baseball Classic and March Madness, and it was like it never even happened. It was fantastic. Do you have anything to say about your Marquette Golden Eagles while we're here? Yeah, Do you I, want to apologize I, I, for them? Well, I got to ask, what, what happened? What like Did they not advance through the first round or second round? I have no idea. <laughs> I know they won the Big East Tournament, which was They huge. did. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, they lost in the second round. Uh, 
You know what? I, I think everything this year was kind of a bonus. Shock is still building something there, and and you know, I'm, I will not apologize. I just hate, you know, they lost to Michigan State, which is Michigan State's such a litmus test. You know, Tom Izzo, not a particularly like good. I mean, they were fine, Michigan State team, but they're they're the barometer. If if you're if you're actually a good team, then you're going to beat. A Tom Izzo Michigan State team in the second round if they're uh I forget if they were the seven seed or ten seed anyway I mean how did your picks how did your picks do how did oh awful picks do? everybody's picks were awful <laughs> uh I mean I, I, I did get back and I was like wait what the fuck Florida Atlantic yeah you uh who else was it UConn and San, San Diego, Diego State, State and then Houston and I was like what well, the hell is going on Houston's a one seed I some folks probably had UConn in the final four I did not have any of the final four in fact I Goodbar and his buddies uh put on a little March Madness uh pool each year and literally nobody there were like I don't know 15 people in the pool Everybody was out after the Elite Eight. Like, <laughs> it was it. We had no more games to decide it. It was crazy. That's I've, wild. Yeah, I've ne- I've never experienced a uh, a year like that. Crazy, crazy stuff. So uh, uh, kudos to UConn. You know, UConn. I was rooting for kind of anybody but UConn. They've won yeah. a number of titles. I thought it would have been fun to have some. Kind of interesting to watch. Like you know, watch a program win three times. With three different coaches, over the it's last it's extremely impressive. Long. Yeah, yeah, it's extremely impressive. I just would have gotten a kick out of like San Diego State winning a title or Florida Atlantic. I mean, winning a title would have been bananas, yeah. but wasn't to it be. It seemed like the women's tournament was good too. I didn't, you know, again as part of my my, you know, I I don't watch college basketball, men's or women's. It sounded like the LSU one of the players for LSU was really entertaining and engaging and yeah seems like she's got some swag the, the bayou barbie uh angel reese <laughs> they uh buy you buy you buy you barbie i'm trying i'm trying to keep you out of the mayor office here <laughs> i honest to god i thought the women's tournament was more fun by and large than the men's tournament this year uh, caitlin clark the star player for iowa yep. was is just incredible so much fun to watch lsu is a program that was like I think they won nine games two years ago or three years ago, and then Kim Mulkey, your girl Kim Mulkey, the old Baylor yeah. women's coach, came in and um, has turned it around very quickly. She and Brian Kelly are such a perfect fit at at LSU together. I just, she a scumbag? Well, you know she coached at Baylor forever and ever, so so you have to be. So you have to be. Um, a lot of people gave her shit. She, you know, she coached Brittany Griner and then was like weirdly oddly silent on the whole Brittany Griner situation when uh, she was locked up in Russia but she wears the most outrageous outfits it's like I I kind of I respect Kim Mulkey and I, I actually like like her get down like she's nuts and I think she's great for the college game I just don't particularly root for her but yeah. that's fine you know you need you need villains too um, I got a question for you is the is, is the women's game? Is something similar happening as like, remember when like women's tennis got far more interesting than men's tennis when men's tennis was basically just like all serving? Yeah. And like women's basketball is getting more interesting than men's college basketball, especially because men's college basketball, like it's just a shit product. Certainly I, the beholder, um, 
I think the women's game is less, you know, you, you flip on any college game these days and it just looks like such a watered down version of like what the NBA tries to do, right? Yeah. You know, spread the floor, kind of ISO, uh, uh, high pick and roll, let the guard create. And the women's game is a lot less of that. Um, they use a lot more of the court. It's not as three point and layup dominated you know they'll take mid-range jumpers it's i like it um the men's game i think is has just more depth of of good players and quality teams like i I think the women's game still the the top of the women's game is very good and very competitive but you don't quite have the the depth through the mid-majors as much gotcha but i'll say with the tournament Two things I really, really liked. So they played the first two rounds of the women's tournament at the um, at the home court of like the the top seeds. So you get. I mean, it's not. I mean, we can talk about fair or not, but it makes for an excellent environment the first two rounds because yeah. you're playing on campus. And then they move the games. They put uh, two of the regions. Essentially, they had two regional sites. So where the men have four. Uh, regions the women had two so that was fun you you get more fans packing those arenas and then they play all of their games at basketball arenas they don't move the games to football stadiums that are converted to hold you know final four games and i just think from from just an atmosphere perspective the the women's games were electric it was a ton of fun love it so um question for you on how ski season going Ski season is great. Just had a week in Big Sky. Great snow up there. Um, it's snowing outside my window today. Uh, I got a little work to do to get to my 20 days. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to my 20 days, but uh, I think I'll get to like 16, 17. I'm, I'm hoping okay. to get up a couple more days here before the season's over. Um, probably just local A-Basin or, or Copper Mountain before it closes. So it's been... Awesome snow, really all over Colorado. Talked to our buddy Nico in Steamboat. He said the fishing this summer is going to be incredible because the snowpack and you know it's going to fill all the the rivers yeah. and streams and creeks. So that's good news. Was, I think was it last year or two years ago? Alex and I went out to a wedding. I think it was last year. Went to a wedding out at uh, wedding was up like on top of one of the peaks at Breck, but we went fishing out west of. Like west of Vale and everything, it was kind of like northwest of there, almost north of like Glenwood Springs. And I think we were there like Memorial Day weekend, and they were like, "Yeah, the flow is already like five x less than it yeah. is at this point." Yeah. So that's good to hear. And um, it helps with the you know the fire situation. So yeah, good good news. Any uh, I, I thought that the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow trial. I've been following that. Was was I, glad I, to see her get get totally acquitted i need i i need your opinion because i am listen i would be the first in line to make fun of gwyneth she god knows lots of stuff to make fun of there i don't blame her for for going to trial oh, though totally and standing oh, her no. ground. i also like applaud her for for not you know counter suing the shit out of the guy and only asking for a dollar in return plus then, plus i think court fees or whatever or lawyer yeah and like fees. basically putting a you know putting a hex on the guy and basically saying like hey like i wish you well <laughs> kind of thing it's almost like kill him with kindness right yeah um you know yeah it seemed like she uh she stood her ground she um 
like you know, from what it sounded like, they sounded like the guy was above the hill, or you know, above her on the hill. Which I'm not sure how that's possibly her, yeah, her issue. Unless she stopped in the wrong place. She was with a ski school instructor, uh, or a personal you know uh, instructor there. Um, you know, there. Were, I think the guy was invoking like, well, yeah, of course the guy's going to go to bat for her. It's her. It's her. You know, it's one of that guy's clients. Uh, and there's like you know ski school. A, you know, instructor client privilege there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the guy sounded like a total fucking lunatic. Yeah. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to ask you any, uh, any big bugaboos or pet peeves or just etiquette things that you'd like to get off your chest from, from, you know, you ski a lot now. Yeah. I think people just need to realize where a good place to stop in the middle of a hill is. And it's not in the center. Like if yeah. if you want to stop, you got to try to get out to the side, get out of the, like the the center. Um, it's terrible to stop. Like if you if there's a lip right and and people can't really see over the lip, you don't want to stop like just on the other side of the lip. I think that's that's just etiquette people should know. I think what bothers me is more down at like towards the base of the mountain. People are just idiots. They they just you know they're they're putting on their skis. They're taking off their skis just wherever. Uh, it just can make it difficult to kind of get past people. Get to chairlift lines. Um, the folks who stop right in the middle of like a, a chairlift line entrance. It's like not a good Pull place. Their to, pass. Yeah, not a good Revoke place to pass. to wait for your your group. Like get off to the side or get out of line and and let yeah. people easily flow into. Those are my biggest pet peeves. How are the lift lines out there right now? Uh, if you go on a weekend to Vail, they're not great. I that's I try to avoid it. Um, Big Sky. Do you, do you ski with groups or are you skiing as like a single and you're just flying in? So if I go up on a weekday, it's usually I'm just a single. So I'm just okay. beating up those single lines. You can breeze through. Um, you'll ride some chairs with folks that have – wonderful little chats with other times people don't you know really want to talk and that's cool too but then on the weekend trips like i was in big sky with uh a few of our old college buddies and you know we would try to ride the lifts together and and kind of ski together if you will the uh and then do you find that the snow is it snowboarders and skiers that are doing the most egregious stopping in the wrong places, or is it, or is it mainly one or the other? As much as I'd like to pin it on the snowboarders, I've seen plenty of skiers, just not, yeah, like just get out of the main way, like just get off to the side. That's that's all it is. And then at the bottom of the hill, you know, you just got to have a little sense about where it, it's. You know what? It's exactly the same thing when you're standing around the baggage carousel. Like just just have a little sense of other people and you know, what, what might make things easier for, for other people. That's all I'm hey, asking. It's really tough. Like I ski and snowboard on days when I snowboard, it's really tough at the bottom when people are clogging up, like you got to get around people in the lift line and like, I don't have enough speed going. So then I have to yeah. take my binding off more quickly. It's, it sucks. It's, it's a lot. So the only thing that anyway. the snowboarders piss me off is when, uh, you know, they, they'll just like, their board will be perpendicular to the hill and they just like slide and just like, they're just like scraping all the good snow. And it's like, man, just do a couple turns there. (laughs) 
That sucks. Yeah, I typically only snowboard when the snow's good. If there's powder, if there's good powder to be had and good gladed stuff, I'll snowboard. Otherwise, I ski. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, well, on the on the baggage front, uh, do we want to do? We want to thank our, our our next sponsor, TC. I think this is a perfect time to thank our next sponsor. Okay. And you know who that next sponsor is. Surf Pro. Surf Pro. That's right. Surf Hell Pro yeah. brings over 50 years of experience in helping people and businesses recover from fire, storms, flooding, mold, and more. No matter the disaster, Surf Pro has the pros to make any disaster like it never even happened, TC. I, I got to think Gwyneth would have loved to have called Surf Pro to <laughs> clean up this, this ski accident, this ski misunderstanding. Randy, I had a, an absolute disaster in New Zealand, which we can get to after, after this, this spot here. But yeah, I wish, I wish Surf Pro could have cleaned it up for me. It would have been <laughs> so useful to have, have a, you know, a, kind of a, a, a white knight of sorts, riding in, cleaning up, just, just an absolutely despicable mess for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Surf Pro, they can make, like I said, they can make any disaster like it never even happened. They're the number one choice in cleanup and restoration, and they do construction too. With over 50 years of experience helping people recover from disasters, SurfPro is here to help you 24-7. Just call 1-800-SURF-PRO. They specialize in cleaning and restoration due to floods, storms, fires, mold, and more, and they're faster to any size disaster with over 2,000 locations nationwide. So again, if, if you're in need, and I hope you're not, but if you're in need of, of their services, visit servepro.com or call 1-800-SERVPRO. That's S-E-R-V-P-R-O today. We thank them uh, as well for being a wonderful... Just file it away. File it away. A, a wonderful know? partner of the, the Trap Troll. Yes, exactly. So, Well, Randy, I don't want to beat around the bush. I'm going to self-report this. Flew United to Auckland. Where'd you go through? I went through Houston and San Francisco. Okay. It takes a whole fucking day just to get out to San Francisco, just to get on the 14 and a half hour flight. <laughs> <laughs> it takes me like 10 hours just to get out there. Yeah. Uh, and I notice when I board the flight from, or the, the flight from Jack's to Houston takes off, and I notice that one of my, my air tags isn't giving me very good news. It's saying that my bag is still still back in Jack's. And oh, I'm like, no. wait, that's not right. Like, how did my bag not make it on the first the first flight? That's insane. Uh, my golf bag's with it. Or actually, I didn't know which one was which. I didn't know which was golf bag and which was, you know. And you're hoping what? Bags. Just give me I'm my hope, clubs. I'm, I'm, I can get some yeah, clubs. Yeah, I'm hoping give me my clubs, yeah. which it turned out that it was my clubs that was that was making the trip. And my and my clothing was was running behind so i get to houston had a really not, i would say not like a quick layover like it was like 75 minutes 90 minutes i think layover in houston um but you know i'm thinking all right maybe they'll put my bag on there's an air new zealand direct flight from houston to auckland okay that's a star alliance partner maybe they'll put it on that on that one right and i called the premier line i said hey you know can you guys work with me here. I'm, you know, I'm going a couple hours north of, of uh, Auckland. It's probably going to save you guys time and energy if you don't have to have somebody drive it up there anyway. They said, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, we're working on rerouting it or whatever. So 
anyway, we get to, so I get to San Francisco. I see that the, ba- the bag is on the next flight to San Francisco from Houston, which then gets delayed a little bit. And as we're pulling, and so I go to the, the Polaris Lounge in San Francisco. Of course. Terrible experience in the Polaris Lounge. To, was it the overrun? restaurant in there. It was overrun. Restaurant in there was, was on like, a, like an hour and a half wait. Uh, the food and beverage offerings weren't, weren't great. Um, just, you know, a lot of, a lot of international flights taken off at the same time, kind of cleared out about eight thirty or nine. Our flight wasn't until like 11. So anyway, so as we're pulling out, I'm, you know, I take my seat on the plane. We're on an older 777, which, you know, it's fine. It's, it's the new seats, but on, you can tell it's an older plane and, uh, we're pulling out of the gate and I, I see, you know, I see the other plane from Houston. It's just landed. I'm like, cool. Like I'm, I'm not getting my shit. So <laughs> anyway, we lay, we take off on Monday night at 11 PM from San Francisco. We land in Auckland Wednesday morning at, you know, 9 AM in Auckland, 8 AM, 9 AM in Auckland. We go through, uh, customs and everything, uh, end up getting on the other side and or sorry land come through uh security land on the other side and then we get uh we go to baggage claim and there's like 75 people in the line for for baggage for the baggage desk and i'm you know i'm standing there i'm like hey you know i would think that with the air new zealand tie-in united would have his own own thing or whatever turns out american the dfw flight from uh on american a third of that flight didn't have their luggage so i had to stand behind all of those people because that flight got in before i had to stand behind all those people to file the report and so it was like a two and a half hour process at the auckland airport we land we, we go a couple hours north of auckland and i'm at i'm at the club and we get there you know we play wednesday we play multiple rounds thursday friday saturday my luggage Comes in on the next flight. So Thursday morning, luggage arrives into Auckland. Takes two days for my luggage to clear customs. <laughs> uh, so I'm basically just playing out of the pro shop. You know, every yeah. morning I would just go to the pro shop and be like, all right, what? You know, I, I bought a, I bought a, a Jay Lindbergh shirt at one point. I'm like, this is, this is a dark, dark moment for me. Uh, you know, I look like the douchebag that I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a Tara Edie belt. I'm wearing a, a, a Tara Edie shorts, Tara Edie polo, you know, Tara Edie socks. Like I, you know, cause I had nothing, right? Yeah. I did have my golf shoes. Um, and then finally the stuff ends up, we're, we're flying down to Melbourne on Sunday. So I'm thinking, holy shit, this stuff's going to, going to show up on Sunday as we're driving back down to Auckland, we're going to pass it and it's going to get delivered on Sunday. But thankfully it got delivered Saturday night and I had the stuff for Sunday and then for the rest of the trip. But it was, it was maddening just seeing my shit sitting there in Auckland for two days. And, you know, and then it's it finally clears on, on, and I, and I guess there's, there's only one person in the Auckland airport that clears the luggage, uh, through <laughs> customs. So, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a tough start to the trip, much smoother flight home flew Melbourne to Mel- Melbourne, I should say to San Francisco Went to the Chuck, Chunks at the Chuck event out there at Karika, uh, which was great. And which then, is one of our anyway, roosts for anybody that doesn't yeah. know. And uh, very disconcerting as always. Take off, take off from Melbourne at like 2 p.m. 
land in San Francisco at like 10 a.m. the next day or the same day. So go back like four hours in time. Uh, and then on the way home from San Francisco, I took a red eye home through Chicago. I was on one of the old, I think it was an old 777 as well, with the backwards facing business class seats. And we flew Whoa, like right over that. San Francisco. It was sick. Like, you know, everybody clowns on these things, but for like a three or four hour flight, yeah. like a red eye, it was great because I just kind of took a little nap, but we flew directly over the city and over the Golden Gate Bridge, lit up at night. It was like, it was really cool. I, I took a cool video, um, but but very, very actually like refreshing to sit backwards on a on, on a flight like that. So that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was pretty appalled by the whole thing with United. I thought it was a like, you know, I'm going to, so now I have to submit for reimbursement, mm. you know, all this shit. Yeah. So it's not good, but New Zealand was awesome. Really, really cool place. Auckland airport sucks. Um, but I thought New Zealand just, just wonderfully friendly people love talking to all the Kiwis. So gorgeous, just an awesome trip there. And then going back down to Melbourne was just the party Panther took us to an unbelievable restaurant had some great coffee, got down to Barwin Heads and, you know, explored a little bit. Um, the sand belt was as good as ever. I just, I love it down there, man. I love the Aussies and the Kiwis. They're the best. <laughs> what, what, what were they burning on? What, what was like top of mind for the Aussies and oh, the Kiwis? Dude, I got into, uh, uh, it was the, it was the debut or it was like the opening, opening night of, uh, of the, uh, Aussie rules football. Mm. So, it is so cool. Like I kind of, I've seen it in the past a little bit. I've watched a little bit of, of it with Maddie, but um, it was opening night. So uh, we, we were up in, in New Zealand at, at this point. Everybody goes over to somebody's house that night. We all watch it. They're explaining the game to me. The pitch is like 200 yards wide. It's, it's crazy. It's like wider than it is long almost. And there's different, you know, there's different pillars that you got to like kick it between you got to like punch the ball. It's, it's like a mix of rugby, like lacrosse and football. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, I just got really into it. All the teams there's, I think there's 16 or 18 teams. All the teams are owned kind of like the green Bay Packers. Like they're owned by the, like the clubs are owned by the supporters. Okay. Um, I think there's four to six of them in Melbourne. There's another, you know, there's they've kind of moved a couple of them away. They've kind of done some expansion stuff. Um, but very, very much like, you know, like the local neighborhoods have their own teams as well. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. The, the, the first game we watched was kind of shitty. And then the next game was like, oh, like this is much better quality of play. And like all the teams have very, you know, very distinct styles of play as well. So I'm, I'm going to try to find some feeds here in the States because I, I could not get enough. Who, it's who, who fascinating. Who do you want to support? Like who, which I'm team do you have your eye on? Yeah, I'm still figuring that out. I've got the, uh, there's a, I'm trying to think, there's the Carlton, the Carlton Blues. We're with a lot of Carlton supporters. Okay. Uh, I guess Carlton, I'm not sure if they're like the the Cubs or they're just kind of, I don't know, they did, like they just can't get out of their own way. The Party Panther, massive St. Kilda supporter. Mm. Um, Richmond, another option as well. Those are kind of the, the Melbourne teams, uh, Essendon, I think is another one. Collingwood, uh, Geelong kind of has my attention. They're, they're more of an industrial area down, down Southwest Melbourne. And then there's, you know, you got the Sydney teams, you got, 
you know, Western Australia as a team now. It's cool. So uh, there's, there's like a very hard salary cap. Um, and the salary cap goes for coaches as well. There's a coaching salary cap. And like, you know, the trainers fall up under that as well. So it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. I like the salary cap extending to the coaches. Yeah. And we were going to go to a game. We ended up having a rain delay at Royal Melbourne. So we, we ended up not being able to go to the game. But we're going to go to a game with a guy named Andy Lee, who's a, a comedian, podcaster, radio guy down there who just was delightful. And he's, he's a big, big supporter of one of the teams. But everybody said, like, you got to go to the games in person because there's so much going on off the ball. And there's so much. It's just like these roving packs of, of guys. And there's there's. I don't know. It's crazy. So that was kind of getting into that was one of the highlights of the trip, I would say. But yeah, just um, I, I can't wait to get back down there. It was awesome. That's fantastic. So. And you know what? I don't want to lose sight of the fact that very brave of you, very um, courageous to self-report the United incident. So thank you. So thank yeah, you for I figured. that. Yeah. And we've had some, you know, there, there's there, there's been a lot of other air travel stuff in the news here of late. Um, I did knock off a new airport last week with Huntsville. I flew on a Delta shitbox 717 back and forth on that route. Uh, the military industrial complex and, and you know, the, the aerospace industry is, is alive and well in Huntsville. I'm happy to report. Well, um, can I tell you what I'm happy to report? Our, our buddy there, traffic controller guy, called back in. <laughs> Hell yeah. Should we play his voicemail? Please. Hey, fellas, air traffic guy again. Uh, actually, I'm thinking about starting to go by Wind Talker, but I'm not married to it. Let me know what you think. Uh, I'll first say to anyone that wants to see these events in a greater detail, there's a really good YouTube channel run by enthusiasts. It's called VAS Aviation. That's V as in Victor, AS uh, Aviation. And they marry the audio with the graphics if you want to check it out. Uh, out in Burbank, it involved two regional jets, somewhat similar to the Austin incident, just in better weather. Controller had bad judgment, did an even worse job of recovering the air. They actually turned the aircraft into each other while they're both climbing from the airport. And the traffic collision avoidance system, or TCAS, activated, which the pilots will follow the instructions of. In Boston, the pilots of a Learjet took off without a clearance while a JetBlue was trying to land on a runway that crosses the other one. Controller did what they're supposed to and sent the JetBlue around, keeping the aircraft from hitting each other. Big takeaway here is that just in this year, you have major incidents at JFK and Boston involving pilot error with a uh, controller catching the air. And then you have other incidents at Austin and Burbank involving a controller error with the pilots catching the air. Pretty major bullets across the bow to dodge, but the FAA wants to certify controllers and pilots quicker with less experience. They've called for a safety summit, Mayor Pete has, this month in March. So who knows what will come from it, but hopefully we'll see something of substance. Wind talker. I'm on board with wind talker, sure. Wind talker. We need to get wind talker and a pilot on for a for a, a trap draw symposium of sorts <laughs> let's bring these parties together i think i think we can maybe maybe even a flight attendant yeah right we can be part of the I, we could do mayor pete's job for him i think is is really what what this is shaping up to be you know that burbank i was just i flew out of burbank in uh in february coming back from los angeles there was a voicemail uh we don't need to play it but somebody was really really pissed about you slagging off the burbank airport I, I'll have to listen to that. Um, functional, you know, on function alone, Burbank, great, great airport. On like aesthetics and comfort, <laughs> it was like the worst airport I've ever been in. So <laughs> curious which angle they're coming at from there. 
Um, I think it was more just you you abandoning the strapped mentality. He called it the working man's airport, all this stuff. Oh, so okay. Uh, a few other, I mean, there's the, I saw the LGA air train officially got scrapped, um, which, you know, disappointing. We don't build things in this country anymore. A no. lot of, lot of, a lot of American news, uh, American, two American airlines, flight attendants were scrapping with one another and refusing to work together. So the, the plane couldn't take <laughs> off. That's brilliant. So some dude stole a, a, a uh, American airlines bus from JFK and went through it on a three borough joyride. <laughs> uh, I saw a video of a woman being screamed at by by an American flight attendant, DFW workers mistreating luggage, and then we had another New Delhi or in your case Delhi. New, I think it's New, pronounced New Delhi. Delhi. <laughs> flight with with another passenger urinating on someone. Uh, just tough, tough. Americans are out of control, TC. They truly are, and you know I'm, I'm hoping that the uh, the DOJ is going to try to block this. This JetBlue Spirit merger as well, which is which is huge. Yeah. So uh, we did have a caller, uh, very very upset about Solly's appearance on the trap draw. Mm. You want to play that yeah, one? I do. Hey guys, this is Marty in Charleston. First time, long time, hey, Marty. Uh, sorry for being a little late to this. It's I just okay. got done listening to the airports pod, and I have to say, enough is enough. I am requesting that we issue a blanket fatwa on Solly coming on the trap draw ever again. <laughs> His contributions to the airport's pod was nothing short of disgraceful. Uh, on his pod, he can have lukewarm takes. Those are fine over there. But I, for one, don't want that weak sauce on my trap draws. The trap draw is a place where you call things out, hold things accountable. That's right. And you cannot come on the trap draw with a, oh, hum, my airline isn't great. How about that? Come what may attitude. That's ridiculous. Like, would, would Timothy Simons come on the pod and be like, well, Zach Efron gave it all on Firestarter. Would Cody come on the pod and be like, well, the Saudis aren't our, are our best friends in the region, so we got to love them unconditionally. <laughs> and if YSL were to catch a murder charge, would Tron be like, I don't have to monitor the situation? Of course not. Like, Solly is single-handedly killing the great tradition of trap dog guests. And not for nothing, he also led me astray with his crypto investments. And I say wow. this cannot stand. If nothing else, the trap draw stands for something, and Solly does not belong. Mm. Thank you. God bless America. <laughs> strong words. Strong, strong words. Yeah. Tough to find any disagreements with, with what he says. You know, American Americans, like, uh, when the NCAA would hit the, like, rogue football programs with a lack of institutional control. I, I feel like yeah. Mayor Pete needs to hit American Airlines with a lack of institutional control. A lot of people tagged me. I know there was a, a there was a guy on United who was threatening to stab people with a, a broken spoon or a broken fork. A spoon. Uh, a spoon. He just cut his hair with it. And then he tried to open the emergency exit on a flight from LA to Boston. Come on. So I, I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, but that stuff, the United passengers took the guy down. Took it into their own hands. Good. So, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there was a Delta A350 damaged by gunfire during a heist attempt in Santiago, Chile. I guess there was millions, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And I don't know if it was cash or gold or what on this plane, but sounds like sort of an inside job. Uh, Randy, there was a voicemail about the Denver airport. Um, I found interesting. Okay. Yeah, let's play that. Mr. Tron, Mr. Randy, Mr. GD. Hey guys, just wanted to call because right, I know the airport episode's coming up and I'm working. Well, 
I know. I imagine the Denver airport's going to be a topic of conversation, but we've been working on the airport redesigns the last couple of years, and boys, we're not anywhere close to being oh done. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you know, we just started construction on the northeast corner of the airport, which isn't slated to be done until the end of 2025. Haven't even started design on the southern third of the airport. Um, so when you consider all that estimated construction completion is 2028. So 2028, oh, oh my god! Hope you can uh, be patient with us while we get that one wrapped up. Better boys. I'm sorry, Randy. That's that's bleak. Uh, I gotta say, it's not. I, knock on wood. I am knocking on wood right now. With my pre stat, with my pre check status, I, I've not gotten boned by the Denver airport yet. Uh, I'm sure I will now that I say that. But luckily, I can kind of navigate around the construction and and make yeah. do. 2028 is a DJ, long way away, though. DJ does not have pre check. I was appalled to learn that when we were in Huntsville this past week. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's unfathomable. I, I it makes me question a lot of just what else is. Like, I don't know if we can trust what is he about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Casey chimed in on our Slack. She's, she had a lovely experience at EWR, the new terminal there, uh, including the in-terminal Jersey mics as well. They've moved that from pre-security to post-security. Uh, that's fantastic. Any any sort, any, anytime you can get a Jersey mics in an airport, that's awesome. Ben also checking in from the new MCI. Randy. TC, Ben here, St. Rapio intern, checking in from the new MCI airport. Got one thing to say, fellas, America's back. I'll leave it at that. See you guys soon. A re- raving review. There was a, actually a guy in the voicemails, too. He, he was bitching about the backup. They're, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not doing enough traffic control at the drop-off, which that's another spot of of bother i think we're seeing some institutional societal failures around airports with you know the we talked about the luggage you know the baggage carousel but i think another spot is like the pickup and drop off people parking there people you're exactly hanging right. out the cell phone lots are so convenient and they're so nice just utilize them just wait yeah. in the cell phone lot have your passenger text you when they're walking towards the exit and then you can go pick them up. I don't get the people who camp uh, either at the doors or the people who like pull over before the doors. Yeah, and just and, like camp on yeah. the side of the road. It, it, it pisses me off, TC. We need, you know, I know you back the blue. We need the blue to 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 start regulating a little bit uh, yeah, more. Yeah, we need the blue to there. back us a little bit. I there was, you know what? There was a great feature. Couldn't do this at most airports, but in, in uh, Huntsville, they had parking spots. There, along with a a whole arrivals board that showed you exactly. So I, I like I, I got the rental car, swooped around, parked there, saw DJ's flight had arrived, got out, was waiting for him, almost like a like a limo driver. Yeah. It was great. Well, so good for you. Um, yeah, you see, Delta approved a new pilot contract. Did not. Massive news, Randy. Massive news. Uh, also, a lot of Dublin flights are getting diverted after drone sightings. Somebody's just <laughs> hanging out with a drone. <laughs> that's, yeah. Uh, that's Holly's worst nightmare on every trip we take is is causing an issue with the drone. He's an FAA certified operator. Yes, so that, that does not happen. But I know he's had that worry. 
One other uh, very concerning thing, if you're flying Delta into Boston, I've, I was talking about the issues that Cody and I had with our golf bags. We got another concerned citizen on the line here. Randy TC, working my way through this just absolute epic of a travel podcast and the Boston story made me chuckle. was out there over the summer, late summer 2022. Oversized baggage door opens. Flying Delta, by the way. Oversized baggage door opens. Bag handler looks at me and my friend standing there, realizes it's our, our golf clubs, picks them up, and just absolutely launches them in the air. <laughs> I didn't think someone could throw a bag of golf clubs in a club glove travel bag five feet in the air, but he did it not only once, but twice. Show some respect. Have some pride in your quality. Hate it. I hate it. Yeah. That's your old stomping grounds there, TC. It is. It is. Uh, anyway, that's that's enough enough airport stuff. Yeah, there's all sorts of shit happening with black holes in space. I don't think there's anything really to report. It's just like a super massive black hole. There's a there's a runaway black hole. May need to get Mr. Dupes on on the horn for that. Concerning though, <laughs> for sure, you know. for sure. Runaway black hole sounds mucho not good. Uh, I know you're a big African coup guy. I love I and. People think I'm like, this is not a bit. TC, you've known me since college. I've always been into African coups. Cody sent over a, a very uh, enlightening thing from, I think it was from Rolling Stone, actually, uh, about yes. uh, there's been seven coups in Africa in recent years here that have been led by U.S. trained forces. Um, I assume they're trying to counter the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative. I know you're a big Belt and Road guy. Yeah. there but uh but yeah just you know all sorts of coups in africa here lately it just god it just seems like the the people attempting the coups i, I just i want them to shop for me I, I i just want that look i want that aesthetic they are so fucking cool <laughs> yeah they've got always like good berets great off-brand camo it's the best yeah yeah um so so anyway yeah uh, ZB ran out of gas. Yeah, what do you have to say for yourself about that? I don't have to say anything. I've never run out of gas before. But you are you're encouraging people to take these chances, which you know some people are running out of gas. Yeah, that's on them. You know, if you can't handle it, then don't do it. It's a dangerous game. It is. Uh, your girl Lori Lightfoot got destroyed in. I, it was a primary, I think. Up in uh, up in Chicago, say. or you know, but she got destroyed. Didn't even make it out to a runoff. I, I hate that. Uh, I will say today, TC Tuesday, April fourth is the end of voting for the new mayor of Denver, and I believe it's going to be a similar process where they take the top however many candidates, and then there's like a, a final vote, yeah, later on. But there's seventeen wow candidates this time around. Yeah. Do you have a, a dog in the fight or are you? No, you know, I tried to educate myself. Um, I think most of them are running on pretty similar campaigns, how to address the, the growing homeless uh, issue here in the city, need more affordable housing, um, you know, better infrastructure, things of that sort. So, you know, I, uh, I did my mail. I, I voted mail in. A couple weeks okay. ago. I actually kind of forget who I even selected, which is bad. But okay. I did vote. I, I did vote. 
Well, you know what? I tell you, you should be on the agenda. Tooth fairy payouts are up to $6.23 per tooth. That is insane. DJ sent that Hi. over. That's I, like Freddie hasn't lost a tooth yet, but it's going to bankrupt me. What? No, it doesn't have to. I think that you just have to. I mean, that's you're in control of this, TC. I, I mean, what's the play, right? Like a single or Isn't or do savings do? bonds, you know, savings and say, hey, if you've fine. done, if you've lost five or six teeth, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a, a savings bond that may be worth fifty dollars in the future, but you know, it's only worth however much now. That could be a good. I mean, our good one. Our parents. What are our parents putting like a, a ten spot it's under crazy. the pillow? I don't, you know, a twenty spot. <laughs> it's nuts. That's nuts. That is nuts. Is if, that you, a- if you are a parent and have left more than, I even think five bucks is nuts. But if you've left more than five bucks, we need to hear from you on the listener line. It's crazy too. Like I don't know what you know. Allowance. What are you? What are you paying kids for allowance these days? Nah, I have no idea. You know, zero idea. Yeah. Uh, Randy, did you follow the Murdoch trial at all? Not one bit, TC. I didn't either. I didn't either. I uh, Uncle Juice was following it. Everybody was reaching out to him. See, he, he posted something. You know, hey, Twitter world, everyone seems to think I'm an expert on this for some reason. <laughs> Thought that was funny. Uh, oh, God. But I, we didn't have any Columbia University news this week, but uh, Columbia... The country, they're transferring hippos from Pablo Escobar's old ranch to India and Mexico because I guess the population is out of control. I like that. Good for them. Yeah, getting ahead of it. Um, yeah. I really, I wanted to tee you up for this one. Amazon, oh. pausing construction on HQ2. Know you're a huge HQ2 guy. What do you have to say? Do you, re- <laughs> do you remember just the mayors of big cities <laughs> falling all over themselves to try to get hq2 to their city it was crazy it was so unbecoming it was so unbecoming oh my god let look at these tax breaks we're offering you look at this that we're offering you we're gonna build you this we're gonna dedicate a bus line we're gonna do all this and it, it just you know it left a lot of people like myself thinking this is this is crazy corporate subsidies are out of control and lo and behold here we get news that Amazon has paused construction on their HQ2 um, in Northern Virginia. Mm. And it just, I just want to say good, good. I, I hope this is a mess for the city. I, I hope that, you know, this is a pain point because it's totally unbecoming the whole dog and pony show to, to grovel and beg for Amazon to, to build HQ2 in your city. I, it just brings me a, a lot of joy, TC, to see that this has been paused. A lot of a lot of tech layoffs here of late too. I saw Neil's boy Zuck laid off another ten thousand employees after I think he he laid off a bunch of other employees. I, I think a lot of that's metaverse related. And then he glossed twenty twenty three, the year of efficiency, which it must uh, not be a trap draw listener. Uh, but like, how did like, you know? I know Amazon's laying off people. Google laid off a bunch of people. I saw Google's laying off their massage therapists. They're, they're not providing staplers at the copiers in the office anymore. You know, going to need, need comment from Neil on that. Uh, but like, how are these, how are these companies laying off tens of thousands of employees and still have a functioning business? Are they just like straight up, like overstaffed, like crazy, or does nobody do anything? <laughs> yeah. Tens of thousands of people. I know. 
how much fat did they have, right? And what were these people doing? How, like, how were how were they justifying their job in the first place? I, I mean, the question is, right, is are these jobs starting to impact the actual product and the the workflow? But it would seem like probably not to to a great extent, I wouldn't think. Yeah, it's concerning. Uh, yeah. It's concerning. Speaking uh, of concern, laying off these layoffs though are like uh, uh, an instant way to boost your your stock price. So. Well, stock price has gone through the roof over the last three to six months on the tech front. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of concerning labor stuff, uh, there was a scoop from Axios. HelloFresh will stop selling coconut milk sourced from Thailand in its meal kits in the coming months due to monkey labor allegations. TC, I think this is an incredibly interesting ethics conversation like is it ethical to train monkeys and put them to work i truly i i don't think i have a right or a wrong answer i know it's uh what's the difference between monkeys doing like factory jobs as opposed to like cows or livestock out there doing you know agricultural jobs being milked you know yeah yeah i mean you know can you pay the monkeys can you, can you, you know, hope, can you take care of the monkeys and put them in luxury accommodations as payment? Like, you know, are the monkeys sentient? How does this work? I don't know. I don't know. I would think like maybe they're paying the monkeys in like bananas or food or I, I, I don't know the answer to it. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Pete is involved, you know, is, is monkey labor cruel? Like what if the monkeys want to work? Right? Exactly, exactly. TC, I don't know. What, I don't know. What if we let the monkeys start their own firms? We need an animal ethicist to to educate us on this. It's it's crazy. It's crazy for the supply chain. Thailand's got like an eighty percent share of the coconut milk in the United States. They exported like eighty thousand tons in twenty twenty. Yeah, it's you know, it's crazy. And like you got to wonder: are these monkeys being kidnapped? Are they, how do they, are they forcing the monkeys to work? Are the monkeys willingly working? It's crazy. I wish we could hear from a monkey. <laughs> we should try to effort a monkey. <laughs> uh, speaking, Randy, do you have anything to say for any, all, all the bank failures out in, uh, out, out West? Um, I've, I'm trying, I've tried to get my, my, my arms around this. My armchair quarterback take is it seems to be a little bit much ado about nothing. Um, it seems like some just poor risk management strategies by Silicon Valley Bank and, and a couple others out there. They they mismatched bond the, the timing of yeah their their liabilities and their assets. Um, I don't think this is like the 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 canary in the coal mine for like a widespread bank failure. It doesn't feel that way at all. It just seems like, you know, Hey, the, these banks didn't do a good job of offloading the risk from like their treasuries when, when the rates went up. Um, now that being said, there's an angle where some of these VCs are deep in like the crypto scene and, Perhaps they have motivation because of that to create these like bank runs and bank panics, right? They're they're almost uh, long 
on chaos, yeah. which I think is scummy. And you know my feelings about crypto. So I don't really see like any sympathetic parties in all of this, um, except for just, I guess, any regular businesses. But I, I don't think they were necessarily panicking. Uh, I know one potential result might be just more concentration, a lot more money flowing to like the top three, four, or five banks in the country, and I think that's a terrible thing. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, it strikes me as both interesting, but I'm not sure it's like a huge, huge deal. Question for you. Do you think the FDIC should officially, kind of unofficially done it, but officially up the guarantee, the deposit guarantee? I don't feel like that's paced with inflation over the last 20 to 30 years. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, what is it? Two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, per account. I think. Yeah, I I would I would definitely listen to at least in certain situations, right? Whether it's like a business, perhaps they have different. You know, we'll insure business accounts up to this much, something like that. I, I think there could be a solution to raise that. Gotcha. I. I yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I would definitely be open to to having that conversation. Um, and a couple other things I've got on the list here. I saw that uh, the holy anointing oil for King Charles III's coronation in England will mm. not contain the intestinal wax of sperm whales or civet secretions. I know that really, really ruffled your feathers. Well, yeah, you know, I'm a big royal guy. I love all the traditions. I love... I love keeping tabs on the family. It stinks, you know. It tells me we're 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 forgetting our roots. We're moving on. Uh, I'm just a traditionalist, so yeah, I I hate that TC. I hate it. Speaking of things that I hate, uh, Westchester Country Club, according to the New York Post, Westchester Country Club up in up in New York is a playground for wealthy sex pests, according to a top squash coach who uh, filed a lawsuit. Against uh, against the club, alleging that prominent members slept with prostitutes, bedded employees, and may have even drugged and raped a female worker. Oh well, that's not good. Not good uh, at all. Is our guy Polo? Is he a Westchester Country Club? No, member? no, I think he's he's up north of there. So okay, um, but yeah, this is this is a top top squash instructor. You know, best of the best. What are your feelings on squash generally? I don't. I don't think I know enough about it to opine. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really get it. There's just certain things like that that the the upper crust northeasterners are into, where I'm just like, ah, yeah, I don't understand it. You're like a platform tennis guy, though, aren't you? Yeah, I like platform tennis. See, that's I could say the same thing about platform tennis. But did that gen? Is that like upper crust northeast? I thought that was like. People just do it in cold weather states in the winter because it's something to do outside. I think it's a little bit of both. I think I, I, mean, think, I think the like, Venn diagram is pretty pretty overlapping there. I know that it's like sailing, like sailing my little dinghy around the harbor. <laughs> like, nah, I I don't really get that. No thanks. Don't nah. don't need it. I know a lot of sailing people are going to get on me, but that's all right. Um, speaking, keeping it in in New York. Best thing I've read over the last couple months. Wow. Epic, epic, epic feature story in The New Yorker by William Finnegan, who wrote a book that we both really enjoyed. Uh, Barbarian, Barbarian Days. Barbarian Days, um, kind of his surfing memoir. 
uh, wrote a, a massive piece all over. It's called The Fight Over Penn Station in Madison Square Garden, how the effort to renovate Midtown Manhattan's transit hub has been stalled by money, politics, and, dis and disputes about the public good. And it's just a really interesting piece of writing about kind of the, the history of Columbus Circle, the history of Madison Square Garden, the history of public-private partnerships in, in, uh, in, in sorry, the, the uh, public-private partnership history in New York. James Dolan is a prominent, prominent uh, <laughs> figure in this. All sorts of stuff about James Dolan and MSG companies. It was, it was awesome. I couldn't put it down. Uh, I would highly, highly recommend seeking that out. You had, honestly, you had me at William Finnegan. I'm going to have yeah. to read this. I have not read it yet. It's awesome. So and and God Dolan and and the gang. It's just it's a fascinating thing because it gets into like infrastructure as well and like you know all these people like Penn Station used to be like one of the kind of crown jewels of American infrastructure. It was the biggest building in the world I think at one point and it was privately I think it was privately built by the Pennsylvania Railroad and it kind of deposited all their lines in there and then Grand Central was another railroad company and now it's just like this bleak drab dreary dangerous underground thing under madison square garden it's like the shittiest subway station railway station in america so hate that anyway yeah so and like the amtrak they've you know the, you got the new moynihan train station but that's across the street and that only serves amtrak and all this stuff so anyway seek that out it's awesome i think after that let's uh let's get it to i think chief's a holic you're <laughs> We don't know what does anybody know where Chief Saholic is? It sounds like he's corresponded with the Kelsey brothers, possibly. Uh he's still in the lamb. He 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 went missing. He was out on bond. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then we've got some more Chiefs news from last month as well. Uh hey fellas. First time, long time. Uh just wanted to call in and specifically talk to T C who has kind of been leading the charge on the uh the Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank I just you want to say service. I'm a big Chiefs fan. I've been one of those Chiefs fans that's been around since the, the Tyler Thigpen, Brody Croyle, Matt Brody Castle Coyle. days. Um, so I just want to say I'm with you on this Jackson Mahomes thing. Uh, the, the most recent happening, uh, very not good, as you would say. I don't want to speak for the entire Kansas City Metro, uh, but I think I do when I say that hopefully this is the one that makes this lunatic go away forever. Um, I'll hang up and hear y'all's thoughts. It's a brave he's take. not going away. No, he's he not. No, he's not going away. Did you see the video? Yeah. What do you think? It's I mean, it's 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 horror. I I don't know how he could. I don't know how you can get to that point to lack that much amount of like self awareness and just like, dude, you just got to have a little respect for yourself. Yeah. At some point, and like, for others quit. as well, and for others, and just like your brother's a public figure, man. You you can't. You can't be a liability like this to him. Right? I feel like they need to get him out of KC. Like, why is yes. he in KC? They're not from KC. Get him the fuck out of Kansas City. That would solve a lot of problems, I think. Um, for for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of of NFL, the NFLPA put together a free agency guide for uh, teams. Uh, my Jaguars got dinged. Uh, I guess they had a rat infestation in the locker room. Hopefully, Shad, you know, <laughs> cleaned that up. Uh, they didn't do a whole lot in free agency this year. Um, 
Bengals are getting crushed for workers' comp stuff. I haven't really followed that. Which I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really follow that either. Ravens strength and conditioning got dinged. Just that, that coach got lit up. And then the Cardinals had some real goodies. I guess uh, the Bidwells, you know, force force the players to, uh, you know, like they they don't offer a family room. They don't offer daycare. They had an F minus in food service. Um, if players would like dinner, it will get boxed up for them. But players reported that the team will charge you via payroll deduction. This is apparently the only club that does this. Uh, they 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 will charge you for every single meal eaten at the facility. Again, the only team in the league yeah, that does that's this. Tough. Yeah, um, they don't have enough room in the cafeteria. Um, the weight room's shitty. Uh, the training room is 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 bad. Uh, just just not a good look for the Cardinals. I think we were we were talking. Uh, we're overdue for a you know a, an NFL talk with. KVV and Mr. Poosh. We were thinking though, we we'll wait for after the draft. We'll, yeah. we'll kind of let free agency settle. We'll let the draft settle, and then let we'll, Lamb Lamb settle. We'll let the Lamb Lamb situation play out a little bit more, and then we can kind of opine on the landscape of the league heading into offseason workouts. Uh, I did. I liked. I liked your Bengals. Shoring up I've, the offensive line a little bit. I, I don't know if Orlando Brown's a left tackle. I think he's probably a more of a right tackle, but I think he's an upgrade over over Jonah Williams. I do. I do too. I I think between Orlando Brown, uh, I really like the Irv Smith 2.0 signing yeah. on kind of a, a prove it deal. Um, I like the the safety they brought in from the Rams. Nick Scott. Yeah, seems like he's. The perfect type of guy on his second contract. I don't know, man. It's weird. Dare I say the Bengals are kind of a competent organization right now. It's it's truly uncharted territory in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots to talk about on that front. We'll keep that stuff holstered. Uh, you see Rush Probst took the job at Pell City <laughs> in Alabama? I did. Yeah. Well, so if for those keeping score at home, his, his most recent stop, does he finish with a lifetime record of zero and zero? He no does. games coached. Yeah, Kusa nice. Christian did not never coached a game for him. He's back in the Birmingham area, back where he belongs. Uh, I, I I love Rush Probst. You know, it, maybe <laughs> maybe one of his families still lives there. Oh, sure, sure. So, or he could always start a new one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, Birmingham football just like like the state of Alabama, the the whole Birmingham area, just the the football is. Like the high school football is so dysfunctional. It rules. <laughs> so, uh, Will Levis, do you see his deathly fare of milk? Yeah, I, I thought at first I thought it was like a bit, like I didn't think it was real, but like, it I, seems to be very real. Yeah, I guess it's concerned even some scouts that you know they think it's like irrational and a window into his mind. There's also a video floating around out there of him putting mayonnaise in his coffee. No, no thanks. Which uh, he sh- yeah yeah. Wouldn't 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 be on my draft board simply because of that. Uh, speaking of people not on my draft board, Sister Jean. Did you see her flying private? Of course, she's living her best life. TC, she's a hundred and three years old. Leave the poor woman alone. Just a thirst bucket. I bet I bet Sister Jean is is anti nil. I bet she hates the players getting paid. <laughs> 
I bet she's all for the players getting theirs. I think Sister Jean is getting hers. You know, I think this is a true don't hate the player, hate the game situation. I, I, it's, it's appalling. It's appalling. What would you say to Sister Jean if you, if you ran into her in person? I think I need to. Would you tell her this? I need to read her book. Begrudgingly, I need to read her book to see what featuring to see what your she, boy Seth David. Yeah, to see what she truly stands for, what she espouses okay. to be, and then I can okay. kind of you know if she's if the book is above board and she's not saying outrageous shit in the book, then 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 I'll cut her a pass. You should write a book report for the website on Sister Jean's book. Okay, uh, you know what? I'm going to write that down right can now. Can we give you that homework? Yeah, when's it due by? Uh, we'll give you some time. June, June, you think? Yeah. Yeah, I should have chat G GPT. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not allowed to use AI. <laughs> you're not allowed to use AI. God, some of the people out from out in Seattle were just livid at you in the in the voicemails for calling it chat GTP. Oh, yeah. Eh, minor details. TC, you know I'm not a details guy. Uh totally off the wall segue. Can I get a Los Kings update? Yeah. They are seem to be locked into the three seed in the Western Conference. Three seed? Have, yeah, three seed. Whoa. They've clinched, they've clinched a playoff berth. Um, they've clinched at worst the four seed. They have an outside chance if they were to win out and the Grizzlies uh, almost lose out, they could move up to the two seed. Holy but shit. They've, yeah, they've broken the longest playoff drought in, in big – for professional sports history, which is I fun. The Jets are now like the longest current yeah, one, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, just awesome, awesome stuff from the Kings. They huh. continue to be fun to watch. I'm actually I'm, I'm going to see them twice this week. I'm flying down aforementioned uh, Bob Sturm NBA playoff preview. We're going to go to the Mavs-Kings game tonight. It looked a lot more enticing from his perspective several weeks ago. The Mavs are a dumpster fire, which uh, brings me brings me joy. Great pleasure. Yeah, and then the Kings end the season out here in Denver uh, oh. Sunday, April 9th. So Look I'm going to get to see him out here. Yeah, exactly. Everything's turning up Kings this year, TC. Look at you, Big. Um, yeah, I think the uh, – is, so is Ja out still? No, Jaw came back. He's back. Jaw came back. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, your boy KD is back playing for the Suns. The um, Suns. Trying to think. Paul George got hurt, so that's something to watch as as okay. we get to the playoffs. There's there's a traffic jam though in the Western Conference between the fifth seed and essentially still the twelfth seed. Wow. Uh, all those teams are like within one or two losses of each other with like three or four games to play. looks like the Lakers are surging. They're, mm. they're a team to keep an eye on. They could potentially wind up as high as the fifth seed. From what everything I've read, though, teams are targeting my Kings. Uh, they would love to be the sixth seed instead of the five seed because okay. the five seed, you're going to have to play the Suns. Um, the sixth seed, you're going to get the Kings. And then obviously seventh, through 10th, you got to deal with the play-in tournament. So yeah. people are lining up to take a shot at my Kings, but I, I think I got, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch them in a playoff atmosphere. I think they're going to, I think they're going to do well. 
What do you think about my former Hawks uh, hiring Quinn Snyder? I think it's a good fit for them. I I think they got to figure out the trace the Trey Young situation. Yeah, but they're kind of pot committed to like they have to figure a short term band aid out because they've traded away so many assets and they're in shit right. cap situation for the next few years. So it's like we gotta we gotta make lemonade here, right? Yeah, which. They're overpaying John you know, Collins. I'm not sure if yeah. that's going to be possible, but it's going to be like, bad lemonade. I yeah. thought Quinn Snyder did a good job in in Utah. I mean, I think it's a good hire. Yeah, it, it sounds like the, your Hawks might have some owner issues, big, things that run time. deeper than yeah than just who the coach is. Uh, Poosh or KV sent us a a video, a quick snippet of of that French freak. Victor, oh, Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> oh my God, man! TC, this guy, this guy's different. You know what else though? There's a, a guy named Scoot Henderson, yeah, an American point guard that played in the, uh, I believe he played in the overtime basketball league. I don't think he's in the G League. He's really good too. This is a, this is a, this is a very good draft this year. Could oh. be some generational cats. In, well, in this draft, Los Jazz have a good good shot at getting a, a they do. Uh, high pick. So yeah, uh, Slam Ball is back, dude. I thought this was going to make your whole year. Yeah. I don't know if there was a bigger I Slam love Ball fan than you. Slam Ball, it's the best. Just all sorts of torn ACLs and you know rupture, just just bad injuries. Slam Ball is fucking sick. Yeah. So this is it's gonna come back in July of this year. There's gonna be a six week regular season out in um, Las Vegas, I believe. So uh, Blake Griffin is is involved. It just is. It's wonderful television. Oh God, it's good. <laughs> the uh, the hashtag bring back slam ball received 200 million views. It's a, it like <laughs> it's a true win for for you know the people out there. Yeah, it uh, is. DJ loves slam ball too. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, any uh, any NFL uh, draft takes you want to get off your chest here pre-draft? Yeah, I think you know the big things I care about are the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. This really hurts me to say, but actually, I do like CJ Stroud. I think. I do too. I I think he should be the the first quarterback taken. Bryce Young's too nebbish. Too nebbish, I know. Will Levis, don't trust him. Anthony Richardson's the most fascinating, but I just I couldn't pull the trigger on. I tell you who I like. Hendon Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. I think he's he's got a higher floor. I think he's a good like I've seen mocks with him going to the Vikings or. Um, you know, Redskins or sorry, the Commanders. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's 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 something there. I like Hendon Hooker. I can't make up my mind on that Jackson Smith Jigba guy. Uh, Brian Hartline was singing his praises. Um, I think he's just got a lot of wiggle. Is is my? He's like it seems like he's like only in the slot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, but like the Rose Bowl game a few years ago, he was, you know, there's some durability concerns, but the Rose Bowl game, he completely dominated. He was uncoverable. Um, 
you know, a lot going on there. I'm fascinated by what the Bears are doing. Fascinated by what the Panthers are doing. Um, yeah. The Raiders seem to be, like, running. The, like, the Raiders and the Texans, like, I'm blown away at how how poorly all, like, the, the Belichick tree guys oh, seem to be. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. What did you think of that rosters. Jared Mayo as uh, – Yeah, that was great. I Gerard think that's Mayo. A, yeah. yeah. He's a, I think that, that was a cool article. He's like the heir apparent to the hoodie up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like a pretty switched-on dude. Uh, love seeing my Niners spend some money, splash a little bit, <laughs> get, a, get that, the Hargrave, the defensive tackle for uh, the Eagles, make yeah. a you know, strength to strength. Uh, you see Bob Griffin 3.0 potentially. I did joining the commander's ownership. Be massive, yeah. Your boy, huge, huge. Uh, two more things I wanted to ask you about. Okay, the elimination of participation trophies. Yeah, we're we're monitoring this. Apparently, there's there's been a bill introduced in North Carolina that would eliminate participation trophies for eight year olds. I think. I uh, just want to commend the, the the Congress of North Carolina for keeping their eye on the ball, doing the important work. Um, couldn't agree more. You know, an eight-year-old who probably won't play the sport for more than another year or two, God knows that they don't need a little trophy at the end of the season to kind of make themselves feel good and, and put a bow on, you know, the whole experience. So kudos to the North Carolina legislator. I'm in full Full support of this of this whole entire legislative package. I think it's great. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, well, I, I think we're early in that TC, so we're going to have to kind of monitor how that how that bill works its way through uh, the the process there. Yeah. One one other thing I want to say about NFL draft, I think <laughs> I think Marvin Harrison two point is. I think he's a freak. I, I, I think he should be the number one pick next year. I think he, sh- he should sit out this college football season, be number one pick. It sounds like he's he's possibly the best wide receiver to come into the league in like ten years. Uh, oh. so that's Justin Jefferson. That's that's Jamar. That's uh, who else are we talking about here? That's uh, Devonte Adams. That's Tyreek Hill. Wow. I mean, wow. He's like the best since like Juan Smith. I know he's going to be like a technical master. Does he have just the the pure freak athleticism though? I think he's crazy wiggly. I think he's so polished with the route running. I think he's fast. I think he's a blocker. I think I think he's he's like a five year vet coming into the league. Huh. Okay. So you know you, you know how I feel about Ohio State, but I can't. No, I can't I sleep on him. If there's one thing that Ohio State does, though, I, we know they don't put out NFL quarterbacks, but they do put out dynamite receivers. Except for Michael Thomas. I think he was very overrated. And he's, he's a, he's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a malcontent. Good, he was still yeah. pretty good. Tegan Jr. was overrated, in my he opinion. He sucked. Uh, Randy, how are your Reds looking? They're 3-1 and one in first place, TC, and I don't, <laughs> I don't expect that to stop anytime soon. They're rolling. Bill Castellini in your ass, yeah, stunting on you. Mission accomplished. Hang the banner. 
it's what else do you want? Three and one. That's it, baby. I, I will don't think say, I recognized a single name on their, their opening day roster. No, I, know I did. did. Will, Will Myers. Will Myers, yeah. yeah. They, they got some good young talent. Votto's on the the injured list, but he'll be back soon. They just their their pitching is so thin. They're they're in trouble. But I I think they're gonna they have enough young players where like last year they were bad and boring, and I think this year they're gonna be bad but could be interesting based on some of these young guys. They're bad, which is bad a and better bougie. place. Yeah, which is a better place to be than bad and boring. Did they totally tear it down or did they kind of try to do the half thing again? Uh they essentially tore it down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, How's it's, the pitch clock going? So they showed a stat opening weekend, TC. Uh, the average length of game across Major League Baseball was two hours and 38 minutes compared to three hours and eight minutes last year. So they've shaved well, 30 hour? minutes. They've shaved 30 minutes off the game. Stolen bases over the first weekend more than doubled from last year's Shit. opening weekend. And team batting averages are up uh, – 15 points from last weekend like it truly is i think it's awesome they've nailed their rule changes do you have anything to say to the commissioner i never doubted you me and adam long biggest commission fans there there have ever been no i i will give credit though to to theo because that was exactly what they had brought uh epstein in to try to spearhead was like hey we got to make like baseball exciting again fun yeah that's awesome. I think they're on a good path. I'm happy for you. I'm still not going to watch, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's just going to make like the playoffs more watchable for the casual fan, right? Yeah. Like it's I I I really do think that they've done good with this stuff. So Are guys getting like pitch clock violations or is it just hanging above their heads and they're they're kind of self self-policing it? They have their I mean the umps will will call it. There's they will call it right away. I think I read on average there were like 0.8 violations per game. Okay. So you might see one, you might see two. Um, but I think as the season goes along, you just really won't see that many anymore. What, uh, how was the World Baseball Classic? Didn't what watch much of it. I enjoyed okay. the final, Japan versus the U.S. Uh, Otani showed out. Um, I think the thing that struck me was just listening to the players talk about like how much fun they had and how serious they were taking it, which is great. Um, I saw a Cuban like catcher defected, which is always fun. Always like when the the Cubans lose some guys. Uh, Where was it? It was out in Arizona. Okay. Because they tried to you know make it coincide with spring training. Obviously, because guys yeah. were getting ready to start the season. The bummer is you had some injuries, like Edwin yeah. Diaz, the Mets closer, the, hurt the his horn, knee. The trumpet guy? Yeah, so he's going to miss the oh. whole season. Altuve, Jose Altuve uh, got hit and broke a bone in his hand, I think, so he's going to be out a little while. That's always – sucks for the, the clubs and the fans of those teams. But yeah. I, I – I think the World Baseball Classic, like, I like the World Baseball. I like the idea of it, I should say. It's always wild to think about the Cuban guys defecting. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, good stuff, man. I'm, I'm stoked to listen to you and Sturm chop it up next week. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll be back 
sometime later in the month. But yeah, yeah TC, it had been a minute. So great catching up with you, man. Safe travels down to DFW. You fly in, you fly in United or? Of course, you know I'm flying. Hell yeah. Nice, easy, direct Denver to, to DFW. Bon voyage, safe travels. Thank you. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who 